Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That's My Jam Stack, the podcast where we ask the deep and complex question, what's your jam in the jam stack? In today's episode, we're talking with Ahmad Owais. Ahmad is a developer relations engineer at Cloudinary, a Google developer expert and a prolific teacher. I'm also happy to welcome back once again our sponsor, TakeShape. Stick around after the show to learn more about their content platform or visit takeshape.io slash that's my jam stack for more information. Hey, Ahmed, thanks for being on the podcast today. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. Great. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what you do for work, what you do for fun outside of technology and all that sort of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I'm actually right now the principal developer advocate for Cloudery. Uh, I uh, advocate for JavaScript and open source. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time uh, for the last couple of years on being a full-time open sourcer, where I build a lot of things related to web, sort of a web purist, uh, which has also kind of led me to be a Google developers expert for web technologies. And uh, I serve on the Node.js community committee. Uh, but uh, I, spent, I spent like this past life for about 13 years or so contributing to the WordPress core software uh, to WooCommerce and do all sorts of things WordPress, but uh, been always kind of uh, directed towards JavaScript. So when kind of JavaScript kind of took off, uh, I knew that my, <laughs> I was getting a promotion there. <laughs> uh, definitely moved to the React JS uh, community and then from there to Node JS, and I'm handling all of this. And then Jamstack came into being, and uh, it's like what we've always been doing, but uh, with a better name, a better community, and with better, uh, you know, tooling and practices. Uh, so that's me. Uh, apart from that, uh, I come from a family of teachers, both my grandparents, both my parents. So teaching is sort of a genetic bug in me. <laughs> so, and I like to be sort of funny. At least I try to be. So I, I, I call this edutaining, uh, education plus entertainment. So I entertain a lot. And I have this course out on vscode.ro, teaching people how I do a lot of development in less time. So like 200 plus development workflows and whatnot. So that's me. Nice. And uh, outside of like the teaching and the and the technology, what do you do for fun? Uh, that is actually a tough one. So I'm actually an electrical engineer. There were like, there were like 15 or so electrical engineers in my family before me. And all of them graduated from the same universities. When I asked, what should I do? They said, electrical engineering is what you should do. Uh, it's the mother field of computer science and everything. So, But my hobby was actually uh, writing blogs. I've been writing content for over 16 years now. So from writing blogs, I ended up being a designer, then front-end developer, then full-stack. So th that was the road that took me towards where I am right now a software developer, a web developer uh, uh, per se. Uh, so this used to be like my hobby that I used to do. <laughs> it's now my job, so I'm officially boring. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but I've, I've, for years now, I've been trying to pick up one another, uh, one other hobby, you know, for, 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 for God's sake, something that I would do beyond this. But uh, that thing came out to be uh, teaching, but it's also related to this. So I organize a lot of meetups. I go to, uh, you know, different uh, local events and uh, talk about, you know, brain dumping what I did last week and whatnot. Uh, beyond that, I used to play a lot of football back in the day, uh, trying to pick that up nowadays again because I have put on so much weight since then. Uh, but that's me. My hobby became okay. my job and I'm boring. 
That's hey, there there are worse things to happen, right? <laughs> cool. So let's let's talk about the Jamstack a little bit. Uh, so obviously you've been doing JavaScript for a while. You've been in the developer communities for a while. Uh, what was your entry point into this idea, this methodology that is Jamstack, static site, that sort of thing? Okay. So as I mentioned, I I, I love blogging. So and blogging is like uh, with uh, with time, blogging has become more and more complex. It's like you cannot just have one single theme for all of your ideas. So that's that's me, you know. Sometimes, while I love the uh, site that I've built for my blogs and whatnot, sometimes uh, an idea would come into my head and it would need a different concept, would need a landing page of its own, its own sort of thing. But I wanted to integrate that into my current workflow. Being a WordPress developer, that helped a lot. Like I was kind of building the core and the REST API was kind of being worked on for WordPress. So we could probably build static pages inside of WordPress as well. But at the same time, I was doing a lot of demos. Uh, I would go to these events and talk about stuff. And I never liked kind of uh, uh, the software that I use for presentations. So I, I wrote this uh, small sort of, uh, you know, uh, me-specific <laughs> presentation module that was web. HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. And it grew onto many other uh, open sources, especially my wife. We actually met through open source. So <laughs> she had built a static site generator called Poodle, uh, which would help her and many other uh, teachers in her startup to teach uh, uh, you know, uh, developers about building small stuff. It was This was before CodePen was like the go-to, you know, uh, uh, sort of thing online. I think Doublet was around. It's not around anymore. Uh, uh, Leah from Prism kind of built it. But that was the idea behind it. You know, when people are learning uh, uh, Android development, it's it, it's. I think it's relatively easier. Like you learn this language and this is your ID and go build something. When they are learning uh, native applications, it's, you know, learn Swift or learn the, uh, C++ and then go build something. But when you invite them to become web developers, it's like you learn HTML, but it's not really a language. You learn CSS. It used to not be a language. You can now write for loops in it. There are pre-processes, post-processes. Then, you know, it's, it's, it's a giant big mess. And then comes JavaScript and the frameworks and now meta frameworks. So it, it, it quickly becomes a cumbersome job to not only teach, but get a our students excited about what web is. So uh, I naturally kind of became a very big fan of the zero configuration uh, sort of tooling because at the core of my heart, uh, I'm actually a lot more into automation than even teaching or anything. I automate a lot of my workflows. So automating, uh, you know, Webpack or some sort of configuration, automating modern cutting edge stack Kind of introduced me to Jamstack, you know. Uh, that that is how I got into. It. I, I want to build cutting edge learning pages or cutting edge web, cutting edge progressive web apps, but I don't really want to care about updating Webpack configuration and whatnot. But I, I really want those new features that uh, Dan Abramov just kind of announced in React. So, <laughs> but I don't have time to go ahead and improve that on all of my apps. So that is how I ended up with Jamstack. Nice. And a, and a lot of your students, I'm sure too, like they don't want to have to deal with, with any of that. They just want to be able to like, here's the little bit of code that we're learning today. Hey, it works. 
yeah so my, my i remember that uh in back in 2011 i would ask for you know raise your hands if you want to become a web developer and like there would be one or two people everyone was into image processing ai and machine learning and at least for my meetups in my conferences right now when i ask this question now they're like 90% plus audience who are like yeah i'm into react i'm into node js and so that excites the hell out of me and i think uh stacks like jamstack have something to do with that you know making it easier for developers to kind of show off what they are made of you know <laughs> it's a, that's it cool get yeah get get to writing features faster yeah it's it's if for example right now uh, uh, uh a people of mine kind of reached out to me and he asked is there a no code way to build jamstack i said no and that kind of <laughs> that kind of kind of like uh i started thinking about that okay jamstack is i know jamstack is new but jamstack is the way developers uh who are using gutterkage front end are trying to express themselves and for at least for now it's not really accessible for folks who who are not like uh developers so so it has sort of kind of we have sort of kind of pivoted to this stack which is like developers friendly and the moment you kind of hear that okay his website is built on jamstack you you kind of get to know that okay he is definitely a developer so it it this is sort of a i think community split that is happening in web like not every other stack is like this i don't i'm not saying it's good or bad i'm just saying that uh this is it uh, how it is i i i perceive that front end developers nowadays for things that are either production friendly or not production friendly are expressing themselves through jamstack Yeah and and the great thing is like if you know just a little bit about those web technologies you can upload us a, a site and it's a jamstack site at that point like if you know a little bit of javascript you're good to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh if you had a static website um I I see like a couple of really senior engineers at Google. I I I uh, I think Paul uh he was kind of converting his old static website demos to jamstack and he was like okay this is fun. <laughs> Now I I can do this with this okay i just added this part of code and arts progressive as well so uh so so kind of uh, how are you using the jamstack professionally nowadays cuz obviously you're with cloudinary uh you're making a whole bunch of demos how are you actually piecing all that kind of work together using the jamstack so uh good question uh personally i kind of was sold uh with getsby early on uh, like i use markdown a lot so i use markdown for stuff that should not be used for markdown like <laughs> i write my uh, production emails in markdown so and that that is a really interesting use case and then john came along and he built mdx and then writing your emails with mdx was like really awesome so uh but to kind of uh, render uh, mdx you kind of need to attach yourself to some sort of jamstack i ended up getsby and then i was releasing this course last year This is actually a really big, giant mess of uh, over engineering. If you kind of look at uh, uh, look behind, uh, it's you know stack. It's uh, it's PHP, Lamp stack, Lamp stack, and then Go microservices, then Node JS APIs, and then it's the front end is in Gatsby. So <laughs> so it's <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah, I spent a lot of time just building an LMS that would be mine uh, for the sake of over engineer I am. You know, where I would just you know. Uh, write a small markdown and just send it out through a bunch of amazon ses apis to a bunch of uh, a couple thousand users who are subscribed to me so 
So definitely when I was building uh, the front end, I didn't really want to kind of mess around with CMSs. You know, I like them. Uh, I know their value. I do not want to be alerted one day, okay, the site you're selling, your course on has been hacked. or You know, there's a massive update that you need to take a look at. I just wanted to kind of produce a static page and be done with it because uh, there are good parts of Jamstack for from for production from security and point of view, uh, but because of those uh, staticness of Jamstack, uh, there are things that you need to rely on, like uh, uh, like uh, for example uh, services, you know SaaS services. For example, you I use let's say Stripe for payments, and then different uh, sort of ideas kind of come into being. Like if now you are kind of using a backend site, but now if you need a backend, uh, the old backends might not be that friendly with Jamstack, so you need something like which is friendly. For example, I ended up joining Cloudery because they they do not know right now with their sort of serverless media platform, you know? Like uh, in Jamstack, uh, the biggest issue that I had the, who was coming from WordPress market to Jamstack is where do I manage my media? So <laughs> I used to have this awesome uh, gallery that would kind of produce, uh, for example, uh, when I upload an image in my blog, in which is based on WordPress, uh, it would just use Amazon uh, Cognitive Services to fill out the alt text automatically. And that, that is really helpful for me, you know? It, it's, it's that actor kind of throwing a ball. So it, it is really good for accessibility. But with Jamstack, I didn't want to maintain my infrastructure for media. So I ended up looking at different services and that kind of actually helped me land a job there as well. So so I have ended up uh, using Jamstack for my VS Code.pro site and for, I have, uh, for you know, developer advocacy demos. Like for example, developer advocates build a lot of proof of concept demos that they want to kind of showcase to different developers throughout the community when they present, when they go to meetups, or when they arrange workshops. I think Jamstack is like a really good use case there. You end up building something that is performant out of the box, even if you don't want to or have time to care about performance. Well, and the nice thing about the Jamstack in terms of like demos and stuff is that you could actually build a site house all those and write a whole bunch of stuff in Markdown and then inside Markdown break out into HTML if you needed to, to like showcase another piece of a demo. Exactly. Uh, you know, people are doing all bunch of things. Like I, I just saw that there was this project trending on GitHub, which would live uh, transform Markdown inside of React. You know, it's a component. You just, it, it, and it is live. Like you can put it out there on your website and people would edit Markdown and it would render React-based uh, component, so that that's super awesome. Cool. So, uh, so what is your kind of one you know jam in the Jam stack? What what's the technology that you're loving a lot right now, or the philosophy, or what 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 is keeping you in the Jam stack community right now? Uh, I want to say I came here because of JavaScript. There's no denying about it. Like, and then there's like there are unintended consequences of Jam stack, like. When you start building on top of Jamstack, you have a better chance of convincing uh, your team, your backend engineers, that your API should be architected in a good way. So uh, before that, it was just you against them kind of debate. Now it's a community of Jamstack that understands that this is what they need. And so 
APIs uh, are sort of like first class citizens again for front end developers, even if they do not care about it because they now stack kind of cares about that. But for me, it's it has always been about markup. You know, if if I have to pick one, markup is it. Like I I love my time. You know. Even I have installed extensions, customized them. Like for example, if I'm sending you code through my Gmail account, I have built this uh, theme called Shares of Purple. That my, uh, you know, my code that I send you via email would be highlighted with my theme. So <laughs> that Markdown kind of helps me do that. A simple Chrome extension that would kind of, when I click send, it will render that component to HTML and send it to you via email. So so markup has been my go-to thing. I think. A lot of times we developers, especially developer relation folks like developer advocates and evangelists, we are less productive because we automate everything except for markup. Like we would have all sorts of automated migrations going on and whatnot and you know, NPM modules and Node.js and whatnot. But when it comes to writing documentation, we are like, okay, I have to open up that old SaaS software, go into their UI and deal with that. So. I have been able to be more productive, send more newsletters, write more documentations through sort of markdown and markup automation that I cooked up, like uh, on top of uh, you know my IDEs in form of snippets and whatnot. And the same snippet library that I built for over like over a decade or so is now useful in the context of Jamstack because like I just converted to mark uh, you know uh, to any way through mdx or through other you know platforms like for example document building a documentation site used to be not so fun job but now with viewpress and uh, i'm seeing this as a react developer you know i am not a view developer uh, when i'm like building uh, small demos and my team needs a documentation site i just go to viewpress they have an awesome presentation layer and all i really need to write as markdown and it also kind of keeps my projects diverse. Like I'm using Node.js, React.js, and Vue.js in the same project. So Markdown, is, it is like, I think Markdown has gotten a lot of attention because of Jamstack. If you are in Jamstack community and not paying a lot of attention to markup, I think there's a lot that we can do there. Yeah, and, and the, the nice thing is it doesn't really care what your framework is, what your other technologies are. You can just write the same thing and port it from technology to technology. Exactly. Even, for example, if you have, I have this personal editor for ideas that I write, uh, and it's just markdown. I can write it anywhere, through my tablet, through my phone, but I know it is going to be published really well. And it has also kind of allowed me to kind of convince many other services that they need to support Markdown. And if they don't, uh, it's easier to uh, kind of transform Markdown to HTML and then send it to their APIs, which they kind of need. And Jamstack again helps me with doing that. I don't have to build that infrastructure. All right, so what is your like actual musical jam? You know, outside of technology, what are you listening to? What's your what's your musical taste? Favorite artist or favorite song? Or what, what's, what are you into right now? Oh. Uh, when I when I was hearing your podcast, I knew this is going to be the toughest <laughs> because because I hear uh, all sorts of music genres. I'm I'm not native English, as you might have guessed already. So mostly, you know, songs in my language, but that would not resonate with the audience as much. But 
for sake of uh, uh, tech uh, that we do, like for Jamstack, I think I am a big fan of like every song that was written in the, you know, that feature film, The Greatest Showman. I've heard, I've heard them so many times, like I, none of other, uh, you know, songs could beat the rankings in there for iTunes for my personal setup. <laughs> and uh, even you can find it in my, you know, uh, change logs as well. For example, uh, if you take a look at my create button block project and you take a look at the change log section, you will see I'm quoting a million dream song. Like it's, it's so perfectly uh, matched with the, our, you know, technical community. Like it's every night I lie in bed, the brightest colors film I have. A million reasons are keeping me awake, you know, for the world we are going to make. So it, this is Jamstack. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we are kind of reinventing how we used to do web. Uh, we moved from static to dynamic sites and then started caching dynam dynamic sites to static sites. And now we've ended up with this idea that that's not enough. We need to move back to static sites and let API and JavaScript handle everything while we only write markup for our website. So a million dreams like of what is going to happen next, the kind of SaaS companies that, that are going to be built on top of Jamstack, uh, that are going to make our jobs as well, uh, the you know, uh, the experience of, operational experience of our websites easier for our end users. So it's amazing. So I've been listening to that a lot. Nice, all right. Uh, so what's something you want to promote? What's something you want to get out to the Jamstack community, uh, raise the attention of? Uh, again, uh, I think Jamstack is really awesome. Uh, but I kind of fear that uh, for the sake of revenue generation, many companies are headed the same way, uh, the ways we kind of came out of, you know? For example, I don't know if this will catch on, uh, I don't know if this is politically correct, but I want to dumb it down a little, you know? Uh, like, if we are reinventing how we did front-end frameworks to meta-frameworks, which are Jamstack frameworks, we do not need to create more complexity in there. Even if uh, there's a need for that, I think decisions, not options, philosophy of WordPress works out really well, you know? Make a decision for your audience and go with it. Instead of introducing, like, in different ways of doing markup with, you know, our framework. Maybe have one recommended way of doing things. Keep that flexibility. Nobody is going to hurt with that. But having recommendations, decisions, and not making it complex again would really be helpful to, you know, uh, to the Jamstack community and to our younger generation that is going to be, that is already kind of fed up with, like, I, I, I've gotten this question a million times that how do you really keep up with the growth of web community? So I don't do not have a definite answer to that. I think we can keep up with the growth of web community if we dumb it down a little. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Make make it make it simpler, make it easier to get into, and then there are the advanced topics later that people can kind of dive into once they've gotten in. Exactly. Like if I have to learn React. And then the framework that was built on top of React, then that framework is not really useful. That framework, I should be using that framework to augment what is complex, to take the scenes for me that if concurrent mode is needed here or not, <laughs> if if uh, how I should be sending fetch requests here, and uh, if, if it is switching, if my context is being switched from SSR to SSG, 
how the decision is like on me to know what is the right way to fetch that API right now. I think if we are going to move into that direction of making things more complex, like for example, there was this young uh, 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 apprentice of mine. He said that we used to live in a world of server-side rendered apps. I said, no, we used to live in server-rendered apps. <laughs> server-side is like new. So, so, so I what I really want to happen is we make decisions for our users so that things get easier for them, which help the web community kind of grow, you know, so that makes their apps, stays their apps performant. Yeah, let's, let's talk about best practices, not necessarily the thousands of ways you can do it. Exactly. I think solutions instead of uh, configurations is a good idea. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the call to action for the episode right there is go out and make simple documentation for the Jamstack. Awesome. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today and, and keep doing amazing things at Cloudinary and your personal stuff and all the, the writing that you're doing. I really appreciate you getting the word out there about all this cool stuff. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having me. And as always, thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing, liking, subscribing, all of that stuff. It helps us keep pushing forward in this amazing Jamstack world. But now it's time to talk about our sponsor a little bit. This week's sponsor is TakeShape. TakeShape is a content platform for the Jamstack. They've got a super user-friendly CMS, a nice static site generator, uh, and a dev-friendly GraphQL interface. They're also working on their Mesh product, which helps, uh, helps you combine multiple APIs into a single GraphQL API. So if you're interested in all that, go ahead and check them out at takeshape.io slash that's my Jamstack.